Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there, grunting. Yeah. And then I'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, three deep on the black sofa in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, man, I'm on the wrong station. 
<laughs> Someone's listening with their wife in the car, and she's like, what are you listening to right now? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're recording in uh, Homie's Basement tonight, and we got the special guest uh, in the studio basement, uh, Jesse Hines. How you doing tonight, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on tonight. All right. Well, we appreciate it. We got a pretty cool topic to cover, um, but we're going to get into the people that make this possible. We're going to get into the show. We're going to start out with Last Breath. As you guys know, we've been talking about the launch party for the last month or so because it's about to be here and ripping. Um, our guest is actually one of the hosts for every launch party that's ever existed, um, so he knows how incredible it is. Um We've talked about the free gear, free beer, the films. What else could you throw out there to listeners about the launch party that you just absolutely love, Jesse? I guess for me, it's it's more about like the 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 fans or the friends that that come. I mean, we've got people that come for hours and states away, and that's cool to us because, like, yes, the the uh, films are awesome, and like. The gear is sick and everything is awesome, but like to the, you know, what was four to five to six of us now or eight now is like those people come to see us and our films and the deer that we've killed. And like that is like the highlight of our year because it's super awesome to be able to share those moments with those people that, that, um, don't see us every day or, you know, vice versa or whatever, but like. Man, they come hours to see us and meet us and talk, and we can talk deer and hunting and all that kind of stuff. It's super cool. So that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, we we tell people on here like, hey, there's people coming from out of state. So if message us if you're out of state, we might be able to get you a carpool system, <laughs> something lined up <laughs> to be able to where you, if you really want to make it, you can make it. So gas is only three and a quarter right now. Right, right. I know. Three super quarters. Hella high. It keeps going up, getting that stimulus money back one quarter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got Exodus. Yeah, so uh, Exodus is turning six years old. Uh, that is pretty impressive to see where they're at now and for that to just be a six-year-old company. So for that happening, um, starting right now until June 11th, you can use the code YEAR6 to save 20% off the Exodus render. The solar panel and the render SP18, that's the solar panel bundle. Um, if In case you're not familiar with the Exodus render, um, it's their Verizon 4G LTE camera, and it provides some of the fastest transmission times in the entire industry. And we've talked about that um, here a couple times uh, on a couple of times we talked about Exodus. What's faster, the trigger speed or me texting you when Magnum was on there? <laughs> I don't know because it was about five hours later when you text me. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> it's like, the weirdest thing. Woke up, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Um, we highly suggest using their new 12-volt solar panel, and it'll work with any Exodus camera, and that's a great benefit. Um, so be sure to check that out. And uh, the bundle is also a part of the anniversary sale. So over the last six years, Exodus has consistently shown that they build the quality trail cameras flat out, and of course, they're backed by the best warranty out there, period. Five years, no BS, and um, you guys can get in on an Exodus render. Just use that 
promo code YEAR, Y-E-A-R, number six, and you'll be able to save 20% at checkout while supplies last. Um, this is going on now through June 11th, and the website for that is exodusoutdoorgear.com. I've been meaning to say this for like the last 40 episodes. If you guys um, need to get on any website for anybody that we talk about here, um, it's always posted in the show notes. Um, just hit down more information and it'll take you right to either somebody's website or somebody's YouTube page, uh, wherever they are directing traffic. Yeah, we need to buy one of those, a couple of those solar panels. We got some extra funds. I think they would be pretty useful. The batteries, it, we, it would pay for itself. Yeah. Just because the lithiums are so ridiculously high. Yeah. All right, is that it? What do you got next level? New one coming on here, guys. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Um, something that we've had a lot of fun with yeah, over the last yeah. couple of years is uh, the bow hunting league. And this year, I just got asked here last week if we were going to do it again. And I just said, hell yes. Gun hunters? So, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> part of the bow hunting name, name is, or bow, part of the bow hunting league name is the gun hunters. Exactly. So <laughs> that's just kind of the, the whole idea of the bow hunting league is to get in there and have fun um a lot of people are in there making friends swapping hunts being able to go hunt a different state um things are just starting to get geared up whitetail signups are going to be coming up here pretty quick within the next couple weeks and um the prize packages is up over thirty-seven thousand dollars total so you don't necessarily have to win to get a prize and um within the overall bow hunting league for the three-man teams there's also a couple subcategories uh mule deer is in there blacktails in there and also i believe are going to get in on an elk contest this year so nice um and more it's to free. come from the bow hunting league it is free to sign up yeah and um <clears throat> here in a couple weeks we can start doing that at bowhuntingleague.com yeah if you're thinking on the edge about signing up uh or maybe you don't have friends that, you know, bow hunt, get on the Facebook page, follow that. There's always people looking for teams from different states on there. There's one guy, like, he's from Indiana, and another they're teamed up with a couple guys from Missouri, and it's cool. They start talking, and then you got a friendship going on throughout the season because you want to know what that guy's got going on. Um, we have a lot of fun on there just talking BS and, and watching – Everybody killed deer except us. <laughs> that's where you see. That's where you see everybody kill turkeys, but you. Yeah. And everybody kill a deer, but you. You're like, geez, I gotta get out of you here. You get on Facebook, you're like, I'm pretty sure everybody's killing yeah, deer. America. You get on the bow hunting league, everybody. You're like, everybody on here has killed a deer except me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, All right. Very very fun contest that uh, we're gonna expand into more as the weeks go by. All right. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. We had Jesse on. Shout out to him for driving up. To this luxurious... Uh, Check out the notes. Yeah, hella Super notes soft. over those. <laughs> no <laughs> notes at all over there on the right side. Um, but we wanted to have him on and talk about uh, filming, multiple aspects of filming and stand placement. Hunting stand placement and filming stand placement. So if, uh, if you guys don't know or haven't watched Last Breath, I think some of the absolute best content that they have was filmed by this dude right here to our left dude it's extra crispy in the crunch time um i just get lucky yeah well <laughs> you're right i know how many buttons are on that sucker <laughs> turkey season i'm trying to figure out how to turn this beep off <laughs> figured it out you try to figure out something in the dark you'd ever touch something before it's hard there, there's the wife thinking about what kind of what are they listening to over there <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Jesse has put down some of the best footage that they got. Some of the, like the most the quickest 
like you got to get on them right now shots and you're like how in the hell is that in focus and then some of like uh oh when he's walking across that cornfield that's some of the best whitetail footage i've ever seen like not just saying it because i love you because i love last breath like i think of like a couple deer like when jury shot that giant bucktober and the frost in that crp field yeah some of the sick. absolute best footage i've ever seen yeah that was incredible. uh oh and you know some of the absolute best footage i've ever seen when uh yeah, I, I mean it's it's phenomenal footage and i told like everybody like we called everybody when we got off and i said it's the it's the most epic epic shit you'll ever see and i I don't know if it was the deer that made it so epic or if it was the foot. Because, like, imagine if it was, like, a, just a, you know, a typical 150 walking up there. Yeah. I mean, it'd be awesome, but, like, we're talking a 16-inch drop yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, like, when, you see, when you, deer. like, start seeing the tips and you're, like, because you get, like, that little, oh, there's a giant over there, you know, and then you don't really, and, like, you start seeing the tips. You're, like, oh, yeah, that's that's solid deer. And then you're, like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I see what we're doing now. We got some serious stuff going on. I, I think the deer helped a lot. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you got him going down. He's extra crispy coming up. And I love how it, Last Breath does it a lot. We you they fade it like they're on something and they catch that focus where it finally catches you know you're like you're on the corn stalks yeah. and then wham that's like remember the very first time we watched them we were like man they keep rolling the folk and we were like oh, that is just perfect we just fell in love with that but uh we wanted to have you on because this is the time that people are hanging stands yeah. like this is prime time Dude. feed plotting hanging stands so if you are self-filming or you're filming in general or you're just hanging stands, um, the guy kills on the ground a lot too. We can talk about filming on the ground later on, but uh, we're going to get into the stand placement. So let's start off with, you know, we're, we're filming. You know, you're the camera guy, and you're, gonna, you're always going to have a camera guy with you. How are you going to set up in the tree? run with it <laughs> so what i like to do and matt and garrett and ma majority of the people that i know at least at least think about it is you, you always have like an a spot where you're like this is where majority of the deer are going to come through this trail or this pinch or something so this is where your like top spot is of like shooting so my goal for as a hunter is to I don't want to draw straight at the trail. I want to position myself off like maybe a 30 degree angle or like even a 45 where I'm drawn across my body and I can use my body and leverage to pull. I don't want to draw, you know, on your offside hand, you know, so you want your deer coming from your left side. You want to draw. It's, it's the most non-movement of the two or of the situations where you're not moving your whole body you just pick your bow up or if you already have in your hand clip on and draw right back and you're on the trail that's for um just hunting now filming obviously you have your camera you have your hunter um again like i like to be in a perfect world if it, you had every tree you wanted you needed to be in was exactly perfect you want to be like a foot or two above him and 
offset my goal is to always be on the right side of a right-handed draw person. So if I was filming you, you're left-handed, I would want to be on your other side because like I think of those shots over the shoulder of like you're getting your bow and like you know, you've got your bow and then you can see the deer either yeah. walking in or, you know, in the same frame. It, I think that is like the most epic stuff you can have. Now, obviously, that doesn't work majority of the time because not every tree is perfect. Most of the trees aren't perfect. So you've got to just work with what you've got. So, yeah, I like to be offset one of, you know, one way right or left. I do have tree stands that Matt and I sit back to back. So, like, he'll face just, for example, straight north and I'll be straight south. You know, so we just got to work with what you're, what you're given in the specific tree. Yeah, we we like sometimes we like to be facing the opposite direction just so you can cover so right. much more ground. Yeah. You know, you can you're not like always looking around because we I hate when you're hunting by yourself and you're like, okay, I got to look back <laughs> now. I got to whip back to the yeah. front, make sure I don't see nothing, or you hear something back there. And I don't know about you, but when I hear something, I do the slowest move. I'm like, <laughs> like there's almost something creeping up, and you know, about to attack me. You know, I'm like, uh, what's back there? But another thing I want to talk about. Your camera arm. Yep. Okay, this is something that we struggle with quite a bit. What? Where's the height going? Where? Where? It, so, do you like to film standing up? Do you like to film setting down? What's What's your go to there? And then, what is your height? So, I I'm finding that I like mine a little lower, and I was putting it up a little higher. So, I don't know. What, what do you prefer? I would rather have mine lower than higher, and I, if I can, if the situation you know allows itself which most of the time it does hardly you know there's been a few deer that have snuck in on us but majority of the time we've seen the deer we are able to stand up and i matt and i both i'm speaking for him but i know um we stand 80 90 percent of the time anyways so we're always already standing but uh, i'm a stander i like you've got to uh, we run the fourth arrow camera arms so you put your base on and then you put the the arm into the base and you have to adjust for your like two or three inches that you get elevated when the arm just slides into the slot. Uh, I put that the base on the tree about belly button height for me and then the two extra inches hits you mean, right in the sternum area or so and then you've got obviously when fluid you throw head. your camera and fluid head on then you're even higher so it by the time I'm done, it's just below like your, you know, nipple, chest area, and that seems to be like the money spot, personally for me. Yeah, that's that's about where we're at. We were we were running a little high there when we first started, and trying to get it like where you if you're looking, you're looking right at your camera. Because I had a bad problem where I'm like looking at the deer, looking at the camera, looking <laughs> yeah, at the deer. That's I, so, I just get as close to the screen as possible yeah. because I know if like if I can't see anything but the screen, I won't look up. Yeah. So, so to break it down, if you are, you know, if you're setting up to where you're just hunting, you kind of want to you don't want to get that straight on. You want to get some kind of angle on your dominant draw side. Um, just like that buck last year, he came in on my off dominant draw side, mm -hmm. and I had I couldn't use a tree for cover to draw. He was straight facing me, so I just had to draw like into my yeah. chest and then bring my bow up. If you have that tree to cover your movement, you can kind of turn a little bit and get that draw before he's 
coming this way you know we were set up on the trail <laughs> so he was right there sometimes and, you're just that's what you got to yeah. work with because that might be the only tree that you that's, can get in that's what so it was that it tree is what was it is but terrible to get in so it was definitely not the perfect yeah, tree it was awful but i like that you know having that angle to where you can use a tree as a little bit of cover see the deer coming have it on your dominant side that's one thing that we always we'll, we'll hang the stand and we'll be like, "Oh, this is perfect for a left-handed guy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or homie be like, "This is perfect for a right-handed guy, man. When yeah. you hunt, you're screwed." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you guys are mobile enough. Yeah. You're, you're taking, yeah. So you're the, our permanent stands. stands, we're always like, "Well, this is good for a right-handed guy," <laughs> you know. Or we'll go into a spot and be like, "Well, I can tell Cody hung this." Stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Cody hung this one. This is this is primo. So. <laughs> but uh, we we just move stand and that we try to get the camera guy, you know. And one thing that we've been doing is if you have a tree, we we hang in a lot of messed up trees, I guess. But if you have a tree that has two limbs, I really like the camera guy to be on one limb and the shooter to be on the other. Just because I feel like there's a less chance of you getting in each other's way. Um, when you start bringing all that crap yeah. up, you got bows, you got backpacks, you got your jacket. If it's cold out, you might not be having it on. You got junk everywhere in the tree, and most of the time, me and homie are in like an eight inch tree, <laughs> and there's just shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and there's been times where I'm like, we got way too much stuff going on. But now, and then I also like for me, I like to be behind the tree of where I think the deer's coming in. If I'm the camera guy, so I can just creep around the corner, run that camera, and have the stand facing kind of the other way. Like you said, you get. Do you get in case something comes from behind you, like on a north-south right. situation, but you also have that tree as cover, yep. so you're not sticking out on the side like a beacon, you know? So we have some trees that stick out on the side like that, and it just depends on the area of whether we get popped or not. Some areas we get deer look at us from 300 yards, and some, like that six-pointer <laughs> on the private piece, that thing... You could do the Macarena up there. And he'd just be chilling out there, hitting that scrape. Like, yeah, it's a good spot. Safe, safe right here. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, another thing about running your camera lower than higher is you're able to hopefully get above the top of your camera. So, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but running the cameras when you're hunting is you get about as jacked up as if you were hunting, damn near. At least I do. Oh yeah. So. Um, we, you know where all the buttons are, and I mean, especially on the cameras that we're running, like there's there's a lot of shit going on. But in the heat of the moment, like you're like, man, I just I can't find that ISO button to crank it down a couple of notches or something like that. So being up above the camera gives you visibility of all the functions, and you can just immediately look at it and not be below the top of your camera if you didn't account for your camera arm and your fluid head. Yeah, um, you're not able to see that, and you're just gonna feel for it because you've run it and you're comfortable with it but if you do have gloves on right or you know whatever the case may be just being lower is better and it always seems that i can never get it lower low enough like you know your fluid head is massive it is, it is. that's that's the problem you get like, i think i'm good and then you put a foot fluid head on that sucker <laughs> <laughs> We're we're like we're packing in homies fluid head today. Great, <laughs> perfect. A lot of fluid. Yeah, a lot of fluid. <laughs> Extra in <that> pound. <laughs> a lot, of, a fluid. lot of fluid in that thing. It's taking up half my backpack. But yeah, I think that's a good tip. You know, try to run it lower. And 
you know, if you have filmed in the past or if you're thinking about this year, we, we get a bunch of questions about filming still. Everybody's really wants to do it. Um, and we always say, like, we hear some people say, oh, there's too many people doing it, don't do it. I'm like, man, if you want to yeah. film, send it. You know what no, I mean? for sure. Get, get the best gear that you can afford without, you know, hurting any of your financial stuff and, and film and see if you like it. But um, that first year or two, it's just you just got to learn what kind of your style is. I like my camera tight to me. Um, I like having it. I never like push it way away from me. I'm all, it's always right yep. here. Cause I, I like to turn it on, check the light, check the audio and just, it also gives you something to do out there. You're like, man, how's my light? You know, mm-hmm. how's my Kelvin? That's the new one. Ooh. Messing with the Kelvin all the time during turkey. <laughs> I got some hella crispy <laughs> turkey coming in footage with no turkey, just the gobble footage. It's crispy, but um, I'm excited for deer season because I like got an idea really ha- how to run that thing. Just holding it during turkey season for hours with nothing around. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you know we got it. We're just setting up. What about self filming? There's a lot of self filmers out there. That's something that we haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of it. I know you've done a lot of it. Jesse, have you done? I know that you're kind of more of like if I can't get a camera guy and get it on footage, I'm not right. I just know, I just won't. I you just won't. Hunt. I've had bad experiences with doing it and like it's burned my ass yeah. so like i just rather not do it because i get frustrated but yeah but uh i have done it yeah and it's very hard so props to the people out there that are doing it consistently and consistently killing deer because it is not easy yeah so what do you what do you think some tip tips or self filmers that might we might not have covered already that so you out there um i run the I, either the biggest or the second biggest fourth arrow um, camera arm that they have. And uh, just like Cody just said, I have a big fluid head. I have a big DSLR lens that weighs, I don't even know how many pounds, but Seven it's a and lot. And a half. Yeah, it's, it's a load. So one thing that I try to do is not necessarily have my camera bubble leveled in the direct middle. I will have it... Um, offset to the, I'll have the upside towards me. And then I will have my double fold always be on the outside. So then that kind of counterweights it. And you just put the camera facing where your first shooting window is, where you're hopefully going to shoot the deer. And if I'm kind of to the point now to where if I'm out there self-filming and it's the deer's not right there, unless it is absolutely oblivious to what is going on and I have a eight-minute encounter with this deer, like, it's just not going to get on film. So I just always point it there, and usually that has been pretty solid for me. Like, then I just tap the record button, and it's good. So for me, being just a little bit off-level and low, 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 get that puppy down. Like, it is... Mine's a two-strapper on the base, so I got to get it down almost below my tree stand seat to get it to where I like it. And um, I always have my fluid head handle on the right side. That would be farther away from me, and and I think that's just more for the swivel aspect because usually the deer coming from right to left is how I would like it to happen just depends on where I'm hunting obviously but and then if I feel like if you have it 
close to you. It's going to be tight to you. You will bump it. So I always have it on the outside. And then it's I know it's past the tree. If that deer does get past that first shooting window, I can maybe just reach over and nudge it to maybe another shot opportunity, you know, 10 yards um, down the trail or wherever the next window might be. And, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The only thing I'll add is I like to run autofocus, like, the whole time that I'm touch focus. If your camera has touch focus yeah, on the screen. Um, and then I like to run a little bit wider. I always catch myself running a little bit wider. I always think I'm tighter. And then you blow that up on a big screen and you're like, man, should have got tighter, you know, but mm-hmm. when you got it on that little screen, you're like, Oh yeah, this, this looks pretty good. you know, it's pretty tight. And then, uh, I always like the shots where you get some background, you know, but, I always want that eyeball shot too. Yeah. You know, I want that tight, <laughs> but I want a little mixture of both. So I uh, I always catch myself running a little wide, especially when I self film, just a little bit more buffer and then auto touch focus if your camera's got it. Um, if you can kind of set it up to where there's not much in front of you. And then some of them got tracking focus too, which but mine's got tracking focus. It's something that I've never used, but I'm sure if I tried it, it would be pretty solid. But. It seems like when I'm self-filming, I'm always set up to where I might have a little bit more time than, and like you said, if, if you don't have the time, you're just not, not making it happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that pretty much covers the self, the self-film. What you got? One thing you said there is about, you know, just being on that little tiny screen on your camera to know like how tight you actually are. Um, one thing that we've talked about is getting a viewfinder and we have yet to do it. I've asked Garrett and Grant, you know, what, what their thoughts on, on it are, and they've talked about it, but they haven't done it yet. And it's just another thing to pack around and another thing to draw power. Yeah. And if you are, um, just a cameraman, I feel like it is like the screen is sufficient enough on the camera. I've heard that a lot of times what is shown on those monitors isn't what's actually happening on the camera too. Yeah. So you would hate to have something that you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the money. I'm in the money. It looks good, and then it's dark, yeah. or because mm-hmm. you got it's the brightness turned lit. up on the mm-hmm. screen, right? And you're like, okay, this is good. This is crispy, and then you get it, and you should have been, you know, shutter speed should have been a little lower, or something, you know? Right. So, so Jesse, what are your thoughts on a viewfinder? Um, real quick, I want to touch on the self filming thing, and then and I will jump over to the viewfinder. But like, I don't know if. You caught it, but homie kind of said it there on uh, real quick. But like, put put your tree arm, or yeah, put your tree arm lower than if you were actually filming somebody because you're doing everything. You're trying to kill this deer by yourself and film it. So, li- literally, the less movement, you know, you've got even less. You got more to worry about with less movement, and you can get by. So, if you can even put it down to like you know you know where your hand reaches to the bottom of your leg or whatever mm-hmm. and so you don't move like a you little can do bit. it you sitting can, down right. and you get can, on the deer and but then. but like you've got you draw if you're left your right-handed shooter you draw with your left hand you know your, your bow hand is your left hand mm-hmm. if you shoot like you cody your bow hand your right hand so put it on your put your camera on your dominant side because you've got your bow in your other hand, mm-hmm. and then you can run your camera with your dominant hand, and you've got more movement that way. Yeah, that's how I always set up is 
you know, I'm always trying to mess with my camera with my left hand, which is my dumb hand, but I just have to shoot with it. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, uh, click, click, yeah. <laughs> like, like, why don't you work as good as my right hand? <laughs> Some people don't know that. Like I, when I did self film, like I tried to put it on my left side yeah. and then I've got my bow on my left side and I'm like, man, this, I'm an, you got to move I'm the camera idiot. then yeah, get the yeah. bow, yeah. So and but before you get off the self filming thing, one one last thing is where you're doing this. Um, <laughs> I I have the last couple years um, just been putting my camera to sleep, not actually powering it off. Um, sometimes with the DSLR, you can get the um, mirror or even you know just the lens itself. Um, little noise mm-hmm. when it's when it's powering. Your old on. camera had hella yeah, noise, bro. Old camera was bad. Um, Sound like someone out there slapping. So I know. <laughs> letting it go to sleep, and then it, all you got to do is just um, like half press the record button. It'll wake up super fast, and then you just go full push on the record yeah. button, and then you're recording, and you've literally not done anything. Yeah, that's a good tip for self filmers. If you got the battery, you know you you're not running a, an older camera or an older battery. Put it in sleep mode, and then you don't have to. Because some, like you said, some of the cameras turning on, like the DSLRs, they're loud, and the button is kind of shitty. Like yeah. on the R, it's the button's like kind of hard to turn on and off. It's kind of smooth. It's kind of small. Yeah, it's it's at least quiet. And it's I mean, yeah, fairly quiet. Yeah. fairly quiet. It is quiet. I mean, it's not like my mine has it. like a notch that like you can catch your thumb on yeah, and yeah. turn it on. And it is small though. Yeah, it is small as hell. I like my old camera. Yeah. that had that tail. It had the it. tail with the little. Yeah. What was your rise? old camera, Hody? The uh, SL2. Yeah. The okay. Rebel. I had the ADD, and that thing was like, it's like it was loud, and I'm like, man, if this thing spooks a deer. Yeah, that's what I kept. It's gonna spook yeah, a deer yeah, at we, some point. That one had an actual mirror in it where it would yeah. literally flip, and yep. pff, you could hear that thing probably <laughs> yeah. five trees over. Yeah. <laughs> I, every time I do it, I'd be like, oh. But mm. when we like when we were in Missouri, the deer didn't didn't care at all, you know. <laughs> so we got that we got that fawn just me or that doe just me yeah. right in front of us we're over there flipping that <laughs> so all right so do, do you had a question that you're supposed yeah, to yeah the viewfinder oh no, the, the viewfinder um i have i have never i haven't purchased one i've had one in my cart probably like three or four times because i'm like man it would be so much nicer if you know you're looking at a I don't know seven the measure. Inch, five you're looking, seven inch. Yeah, yeah. but your the camera is like three inches by like inch and a half screen. Yeah, and I'm like, man, it would be. I could tell if it was in focus so much better mm-hmm. and easier if it was like, you know, a five by seven screen. But like you talked earlier, like the whole if you've got the brightness turned up too high on that thing, you know, and and it looks crispy, and you get it back home, and you throw it in the laptop, and you watch it, and you're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> messed oh, yeah. up here. Yeah. So I, I've, and, and the extra expense and just the packing and it's just another just wire, another thing to draw. You either got to put batteries in it or draw yeah. power off your camera. So, uh, and, and you don't want to go cheap. No. So yeah, you, you don't want to go get something you know, cheap. You want to get something, solid. which is like anything in filming. You just, you know, if you can yeah. afford it, spend the money, but like those things aren't cheap. No. And then you're like, well, I run my audio here, so I'm going to have to get a cage yeah. And then have audio, extra two audios, and, and an extra shoe. And you're like, I got so much crap going on. <laughs> and then, like last year, we're trying to monitor our audio because our audio does this peaking thing, just like popping thing for some reason. I don't know. If we were like really into it, we would know why it does that, but right. still don't know. No. Um, but, you know, it, it gets the job done. That's it did the main it thing. After you shot your buck, too, this year. 
Yeah. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think. Something, something I, I with think the frequencies. The, I, I think the. Um, actually, I think when my shot my buck this year, I think Matt. I think the wireless died, and I think we ran the shotgun, and I don't mm-hmm. know what what was going on, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, I did do that. That's weird. No, I did. I don't remember, but yeah, it did pop. Yeah, just like that. You're like, what is what is that? I put all this time trying to make this prime. It's probably because Matt and I have our our wireless duct taped and we had a zip tie too. Maybe it's a zip tie. Maybe it's a zip tie. We had our zip tie too. Audio is so expensive, and it's the easiest thing to break. Catches on everything. Put a guy in the woods with and it. then make him wear a cable that drapes down his <laughs> <Yeah>. clothing. <laughs> the cable not, is so long. Yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, why? They must have made that for some tall ass people. I, I like to hook it on my tennis shoe and run it up my <laughs> it's leg, like a and foot, yeah, it's, it's like seven it's foot way long. long. Way longer than it needs to be. Okay, so you you guys are the king of filming on the ground and getting it done. So. For a guy that maybe wants to start filming and wants to do it on the ground, what's your go-to? Using a tripod, not using a tripod? What you know? Are you running it wide? What what what's your process on the ground? Tripod. Tripod. Always. Uh, just because. I mean, you don't have to. Um, but if Monopod you want. Monopod or tripod. If you want the. Um, if you just want that smooth, you know super tight not super tight but like super you know not shaky mm-hmm. you got to go tripod M- matt used a monopod when when i shot my buck oh that's why that's why yeah you killed, that's bro. why i killed this is the monopod yeah, life yeah, but monopod but uh yeah i i try to run tripod as much as possible i mean i don't i did um actually when we hunted on the ground a few times if the tree allowed or our hide, whatever you want to call it, allowed. I, I did use the tree arm. So I, I ran it like, you know, a foot off the ground. So it was nice. But, uh, yeah, tripod. Tripod on the ground. Would that be better turkey hunting? A fluid hit or a, <laughs> no, tr- a tree, tree arm? arm. <laughs> it Maybe might not be. my setup, yeah. but. Yeah. Might be. <clears throat> turkey hunting. <laughs> what Let's not joke. talk about how many camera, how many turkeys got sold by camera this year. Hella turkeys, too many. Hella turkeys. Homie's like, I can see his head. I'm like, I can't. I see a bush, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Bush finally come back to haunt. He's me. he's ten yards. Yeah, I could see a bush. <laughs> Homie's all about the bushes. Yeah, dude. The turkeys and the cams and everything. Yeah, whatever. Could have shot right through that bush. No footage. Could have. I could have shot one 32 seconds into the being him ground the ground. <laughs> Not even. Yeah. 3.2. Uh, we didn't talk about that. Have you ever had a turkey fly 200 yards past you? <laughs> it was more like 50, but still. You're like 200 yards from the roost. You're like, oh, he's flying right here. Sucker pivots out like a pheasant. <laughs> just, looks dude. like a pterodactyl flying through <laughs> just, there. You're like... Just gliding across oh, yeah. the field. And like... I'm just watching him, watching him, watching him. This is in the timber. Him. In yeah, the timber. Yeah, we're in the dead middle of the That's a creek bottom. That's Bro, impressive. Straight into a creek bottom, just, whoo, I'm like, oh, he's landing right in front of us. I thought it was on the field us. edge. No. Oh, no. wow. Lands 50 yards behind us. I'm like, what is going on? Wow. Yeah. The Dead. whole time I'm watching him in the roost, homie can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> bad angle. Yeah, it's a bad angle, man. It's all about the angle. angles. It's like the trail cam picks for deer and velvet. This is the angle, bro. Yeah, it's way smaller than it looks. 
Okay, so we talked about, you know, the tree stand. This is the time of year where people are out hanging stands. So we we mentioned it, you know, a couple episodes ago, but we just moved a stand. And I think this is a good time to say that if you have a stand that you're like, okay, I think this is in the right spot, and then you hunted it and you realize it needs to go somewhere else, go out there and move that stand. Because that's something that we didn't do. We were like, ah, we think we're good. It's going to be hella work to get over there. And then we move over there and finally put it in. We're like, this is where we should have been the whole time. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. We got better cover. We got we could edge that wind better. We could see him coming more. We can kind of see up into the stuff that we couldn't see before. We're a little higher. We got better angles on the scrape tree. Like everything was better there, but we thought we were good back there. But I know there's a guy out there listening. He's like, man, I need to move that stand. But it's just doing the work. You got so many things you want to do. We did that early in the morning one day. Hella, we had hella frost on our feet when we did it. Yeah. So it was early. Yeah, that's the thing. Do it now because yeah. don't do it in three weeks or a month because it's going to be hotter than yeah, shit. Yeah, that's normally when we're doing everything. Exactly. Yeah, we, got, we got stuff trimmed out and we were like, yeah, we, yeah. we got some stuff done. It's pretty and sweet. I, th- I think one thing that was kind of holding us back from doing it is, is it's 12 yards really going to make the difference. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's literally right there. And it is. It is all the difference, and hopefully this fall it, it will really be the difference. Because yeah, uh, only shot a doe out of that stand. Mm-hmm. Multiple bucks on cam there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just but hopefully like this year is a year to get one on a scrape tree in October fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it. it's we we believe that we've been winded there before just because of the angle of the tree that we were in, and now we're just like if we got a north, we got that. 10 15 yard buffer where we're just gonna be right on the edge like you know that 10 pointer that we see last year when we're on the timber set yeah would have winded us there but he might not have if we were where we were now yeah so yeah that was a nice nice high 40s at least so he'll he'll hopefully still be around he made it so we'll just wait till october and he'll yeah he'll roll out (laughs) but yeah that's that's just goes back to going out there and looking at those stand so maybe if you are listening to this and you're thinking about filming go out there and set in that tree stand with that camera arm and and try to figure out what how you're going to set up because you're going to be doing it in the dark that's another thing you guys got any badass systems for the dark or let's go through let's go through you get in the stand what's the first thing that you do and how do you set your backpack up to make it capable of that's the first thing that you do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know I'm getting at? Yeah. I, I have recently started using the um, that little uh, T-post, I guess, mm-hmm. on the bottom of the fourth arrow to hang my backpack on there. And since I got the big dick straps and base, like it'll support everything yeah. that mm-hmm. I take in. So that's kind of a new thing. And especially on public, like you're not going into any trees or anything. So it, it works out actually really good for public the first thing you need in the tree is a bow hook somewhere to get yeah your backpack off your back you know or you're in your bow up that's so, the first thing you need so for me when we when we are on public like i'm getting my base on and it's right on top because it's the last thing that goes in so it's yep. the first thing to come out and then i'm immediately putting my book bag on that so then i can fold my seat up and get closer to the tree for one and two I can hopefully get that damn strap below my seat mm-hmm. where it needs to be for the 
the camera. You almost need to hang the camera arm then the stand. But when you're you can't you <laughs> yeah. you can't do that. You got to hang the stand yeah. and you got to feed that strap behind the you know the main main stick of the stand and get it around the tree to where you want it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so base on top, you know, that's something that I was like, the base is the heaviest, so I'm going to carry it on the bottom my first year. And then I'm realizing I got to get, get everything out of my backpack to get down to the base. And I run the smaller fourth arrow, so mine has like the fold-in teeth. So it's like really compact. And uh, it it makes it to where like you're almost digging around in your backpack. But now I have special pockets for everything. Like this goes in the front pocket. Mm-hmm. This goes in this pocket. The extra lens goes here. Yep. So I know where everything is. But go ahead. Go back through the process. You're getting into the tree. You got your base on. You got your bow hook in. What's your next step? Yep. Um, I'm smashing the camera arm into the post. I don't take my camera arm holder out of the base. It just stays in there, and it's all one piece. So when I throw that up there, I've already got my elbow, I guess is what what, what we'll call it. Um, I already got the elbow on there, and that just stays in one piece all year. And then... Um, sm- get the camera arm on there and then i'll throw my big 70 to 200 lens on um, my fluid head my fluid head and my camera arm stay together almost all year sometimes i get we get random hairs and next thing you know i'm doing a a tripod shoot and the fluid heads on my tripod and then go hunting and i've i think i've hunted three times without a fluid head oh it's terrible so um try to keep that together in one piece so Base and the elbows together, camera arm and the fluid heads together. Um, and then, like I said, I'll throw my big lens up on my fluid head. And if we have to shoot an interview, I'll get my second lens out. If not, then um, I will put the audio on the camera and attach the body to my lens. And uh, hopefully then we're ready to rip. One thing I really like that you do is you, so on the big 70 to 200 that we film, you know, most of the stuff with, you slide it on to the fluid head and leave it, and then you have the neck strap for your camera, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. So you put that neck strap on. You're still holding the camera. If it ever does fall, you're good to go. You're filming with the small lens. You still got the neck strap on. You let the camera down, take off the small lens, and then go right to your big lens. That's yep. something really good that you do that takes a lot of steps of digging this lens out, putting it on, putting the caps back on, oh, putting caps. it back in the backpack, because um, you don't want to put that in there without caps on jingling around. But, yeah, you put that on the fluid head, and it's sitting there ready to go. So if something if we were mid-interview, you could literally flip to the 70 to 200 with a little turn of the camera and be ready to film. Or you can film with a wide angle and still not have to worry about dropping it. Because that's the main yeah. thing. You got, you, know, you got that much equipment in the stand. You <laughs> don't want to drop a $2,000 body mm-hmm. and be done, you know, for the year and and that neck strap doesn't come off until it's locked yeah. in and ready to go on the fluid head yeah so it just it just ain't worth it no, no. yeah i drop it enough already yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't have a neck strap does the r has a neck strap yeah yeah okay i was gonna say we yeah. need because i that's what i started doing when i was running your camera i was doing the same thing you were doing put that neck strap on okay the camera's safe because i'm always like putting my camera like in the top of my backpack and right. i'm like man it's not gonna fall and then i'm over here messing with stuff and <laughs> looking at it like and really like this is just kind of the evolution of me filming is i originally put that strap on there because i seen you and matt had it on there 
And I was like, ah, okay, obviously it's not like blowing in the wind and nope. scaring deer or anything. So I was like, okay, that makes me feel a little better about it. And I wasn't filming enough like at the truck getting ready. Cody's ready 10 minutes before I am anyway, so I'm not filming shit when he's hunting. <laughs> um, but like walking in and stuff, like I don't have hardly any of that for three years ago. But the last two years I've gotten better. Last year I feel like I crushed it. Um, and just, you know, that that stuff that, can really make a video go if you do kill like you know all the stuff you did for sunshine like mm-hmm. that really made it you know if we didn't have any of that it would just be okay here we are we're in a tree boom done you know but just having me throwing the stand on my back cutting the shit out of the tree getting it up there like it just adds to it and shows you that oh shit yeah he did pack that stand in cut cut his way up this you know four inch evergreen tree and um, having that camera out and on your neck is being able it gives you the ability to get that stuff yeah because you think oh, i'll put it in my backpack i'll get it out when we need it when you're ripping and no. you got all that stuff strapped on you're not gonna do it you're not gonna do it because you're always thinking i'm running behind i'm running behind sure. i'm running behind and you might you might be early as hell but you're still gonna be like oh i'll you know i'll have five more minutes and then i'll get some more footage when i get in the stand so or like if you want to film some sign that you come across or yeah. whatever like i mean yeah. there's multiple there's a lot of stuff out there that needs to be filmed and you can't do it if one you're dropping your camera or two it's in your book bag yeah so what what's your uh what's your go-to for like setup yeah for setup because i mean you people are doing it in the dark so that's something that yeah. you kind of got to get a really good process you we run a headlamp sometimes if we're real early, but most of the time we're in there black as hell, you know. Yeah. Trying to get it done. So I'm completely different from you guys, which is cool because like, you know, not not everybody has to be the same and yeah. there's different things, whatever works out for everybody else. But like so if uh, if I'm filming Matt, like cameraman goes up first because it's the highest stand or whatever most most of the time and so i set my book bag on the seat and like like you said like the arm or not the arm the um yeah so these badlands book bags have clips on the outside Mm -hmm. you know on the front of the front of the bag so that's the first thing i take off is i unclip the tree arm and i put it on like the boat hook or a crotch of a tree or something. And then I open the big zipper. The first thing that I see is the arm because that's the last thing that goes in there, just like you guys. And then I get it to where I want it to be on the tree, which is, you know, like I said, just below or right at my belly button, zip it in there. Usually I'll wait until Matt gets up there because, like, you know, that way there's two extra hands. So I'll flip the you know, the ratchet around to him or the strap to him, I'll feed it through and we'll slowly crank the first one. And we get the first one in, let the, usually the top strap, and then we'll do a few other things. And then, cause I know that arm is going to stay there if there's at least one strap on there. So I'll get, you know, then I'll probably take my book bag off the strap or off the seat because I've got everything out right now that I need because I've got the camera on my neck the arm is on a bow hook or in a crotch of a tree and then my fluid head or not my fluid head the base for the fourth arrow is on the tree so i'll take my book bag put it on the book bag holder wherever i'm going to hold it for that hunt flip the seat up get the second one going flip it around to him i'll him or i'll ratchet strap it 
whichever way it needs it to be, and then grab this, grab that arm wherever it's at, put it on there, and then that's for like a morning. So, um, and the last thing to come up is the bow. So Matt gets everything. If he say he's hunting, Matt gets everything he's got ready, and then the bow comes up. So that's just the way we do it because obviously if you're self-filming you don't have two extra hands mm-hmm. um, but i like the seat because it's right in front of me and it holds itself and i don't have to worry about it slipping off or you know me trying to find it in the dark i can feel it with my body mm-hmm. because it's right in front of me and i know matt and i have the order of like this is where this is in the book bag you know you've got that little fourth arrow has that where you can adjust the level of that head mm-hmm. So that's always on the right hip pocket of the tree, you know, of the book bag. You don't have to in the dark. You can't see. We will to get the head level. He'll whip a phone out, and we'll mm-hmm. use the just the screen light, not the flashlight, but the screen light to like. Okay, now I can see it. It's level. Crank that sucker tight. Ready to rip. Yeah, the new fourth arrow, the one I got, doesn't have that tool. It's just a twisty knob. Does it stay tight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it held Even, his. It yeah. held his camera. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I was like, I need to get that. Yeah. So we're yeah. just gonna run it from now on. Yeah. I, I bought it last year. I was like, the. I think the arm is three or four inches shorter. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it, we didn't really. It didn't seem to hurt us at all. But yeah, you can just twist that knob and adjust it, and then twist it back. I'm surprised like, it holds. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, and it held the his full body, and we were running two audios at that time, and it held it with the the 70 to 200 so i don't remember what arm we have it's it's not the light arm but it's not the beefy some yeah i I think it's the stiff arm pro yeah i I know you've got the stiff arm i have the the super long arm. yeah Yeah. we don't ours is like dovetail i have the dovetail ours Mm -hmm. is a it's a beefy arm like because it'll hold some stuff like weight wise but like i i or not i matt and i run i've got a small head and it specifically for deer season is always on the the tribe or the tree arm and then he's got the big head which is what you have it goes on the tripod and doesn't come off there that's what we need to do we need to so, buy another fluid head so like we don't ever have that kind of moment where we're like f you yeah. know we don't have the tree you know the fluid head we've always yeah. you know no matter what we, we don't have to worry nice about salt, switching back and forth kind of, mine's it's kind getting of, janky it's getting kind of janky it's been beat yeah. up i need to buy another one before season just in case you can't get the suburban public, <laughs> yeah, it's a public yeah, right. problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just the way you were explaining, like, your setup there is, I feel like our public land setup is almost completely opposite because the way Cody and I think is if, like, you're hunting, you're going to be, you're going to hang the stand because you're going to work a little bit harder than the camera guy because sure. he's not hunting. And uh, so he's up in the stand first. He's got, you know, at least his bag up there, and then he helps or whoever's hunting helps the camera guy get his stand up. So he pretty much holds the stand while, right. You know, you, you strap it down and, um, it's just different to different hunting scenarios, I guess, but it's cool how we have different systems for different ways mm-hmm. that we hunt and they both work. Yeah. yeah. We just, that's how we've always done. It. I don't know why. We just I can definitely yeah. see like where you're, you know, ripping down every day like mm-hmm. that's how but matt and i are going to preset stands every time yeah that's like or my, like my if seat's we're not. so small if i just ran the backpack on a seat i'd be sketched out the whole time oh yeah falling off because my seats 
And like, I will say, sorry, I don't mean to cut you no, off. Go but ahead. I want to say, I don't ever put my camera on my neck strap when I'm in the tree stand. If I go to like, like I do the two lens thing too with the 24 to 70 and then I'll, mm-hmm. when I'm hunting, mm-hmm. I'll switch to, you know, the 70, 200 or the 150, the 600. And like, I'll double wrap it on my arm. So like I'll wrap it, you know, right around my wrist. That way I don't have, you know, cause I always have to, you know, I was, I'm always worried about like, I don't want to take my hat off, take my hood down, slip it over my neck. Yeah. I always just double wrap my arm. And then I know it's, it's like, even if I let go for a second, I'm still going to have it on my, yeah. cause I've got it on my forearm. Yeah. That's a good tip too. Just try to have that thing. Yeah. Don't ever like to wear. Yeah, don't ever not have some sort of like secondary one of, those, uh, one of those things like the rangefinder has, like yeah, a little cable yeah, tether. And you clip yeah. to it, and if it falls, don't you, ever not have it secured. Yeah, because that's just, the that's the big piece. The lens is expensive too, but I mean that's the big piece, and most of the time it's attached to the lens, like the camera arm, the audio. You can replace all that mm-hmm. stuff, but or you can find something like a cheaper alternative. But if you drop your body and your main lens. Wrecked. you're you're wrecked for the season you're going to be yeah. using something different because there's just no way to come back from that <laughs> all right well i think we covered it pretty good what do you guys think yeah pretty good sure all right well we appreciate you coming up jesse kind of yeah. late night coming up hanging out in the basement with us talking a little filming we knew you'd be a good guy to do it like i said um you got to check out some of his personal work on last breath guy's been putting down some crispy stuff he's pretty humble about it but I don't know how many questions I've asked you about filming. Mm-hmm. Open book. And he's always come through and helped me out. But like we always say, uh, try to do the right thing and uh, leave a legacy. And Whitetail Legacy is out.